The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Pinball Party. Holy shit, Jason. What's up? What are you doing? What do you mean? What am I doing? Canada. Yeah, he's coming on. I can't believe it. Oh, come on. Knock it off. It's just fucking dramatic music. It's just a podcast. Anyways, welcome. No, I can't. Come on. Play the music. Yeah. Welcome to episode 31 of the Pinball Party Podcast. I am your host, Jason. Today we have a show for you. <laughs> um, each. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate it, buddy. How could you? Dude, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Not a big deal. Just another pinball podcaster coming on to talk some shit. He's the nicest guy in pinball. Canada will be joining us in a little while. We're going to talk to him about his motivation as a pinball podcaster, get to know his balls, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Do you think they are cool with it? What do you mean? Who? The Pinball Network. Oh, I don't know. I guess I could give him a call. Nice. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, it's Jason. Just uh, heads up, I'm going to have Kaneda on the next episode, so I just... Yeah, right. Yeah, they're cool. Oh, yeah. But before we get to that guest, there was a request I put out last week for those who got messed up texts to send them in. And so I could, you know, just read them out of context on the show. I did get a few. Um, some I definitely cannot read. This one, though, seems, you know, uh, fine. It's just a screenshot of a text with the subject states fucked up texts. Okay. It's a screenshot of just a conversation. Here we go. It starts with, can I do wire transfer or money order? Question mark. The response. Yeah, we go that. Bank or Zelle. <laughs> the response. Oh, I have a bank that uses Zelle. Then we could do Zelle. And it's an image of a Godzilla LE. And it says $10,000. What the fuck? That's broken English and a crazy price for a Godzilla LE. No context. So there you go. Thank you. And from a couple podcasts ago, I was talking about horses and how I couldn't think of any horses in pinball. Well, fuck me. I forgot about fire. They have horses on the back glass, as does Frontier, though this person had never played it. Thank you for reaching out with that correct answer. Beyond that, I just want to say thanks to the patrons again. Stop it. Thank you to Doc and Kale for joining last week and talking through more of the Pinside Top 100 list and games we are thankful for. Lots of great feedback on that as well. I guess we will keep doing that in the future because I guess them shits are bangers. In my personal pinball life, I listed every game I have for sale. Yeah, I need money for a new car that I happen to have to get. So Foo Fighters is gone. Shit. So is Dracula. No. I still have Jurassic Park Premium and Star Wars Comic Pro. If anyone's interested, check my listings on Pinside under Wild Rover. They're good prices and all that in great condition. But yeah, I um, sometimes I need money for life stuff and sometimes I need money for pinball stuff. Right now it's life stuff. And part of life stuff is not the just announced two hours ago, the Godzilla Topper. Ah, thousand bucks. You got an extra thousand bucks to throw in the trash? I guess if you're a topper person, 
there's your topper. Um, I don't know. I'm, you know, sorry. I'm kind of really just the zeitgeist is like, look at that piece of shit. And I've looked at it and I'm like, that's, that's cool. If it was like a hundred bucks, shit. Yeah. But a thousand dollars. I mean, just don't buy it. Please don't buy it. So they don't make this type of stuff. Don't buy the black knight topper that they don't make anymore. Buy the fishtails topper because that's also awesome. The rush topper. Very awesome. Worth the money? I don't know, but as far as toppers go, top tier. Top tier topper. But uh, Godzilla, the most popular game out there, I guess, kind of. So I, they'll make money. There'll be enough people to buy it. Um, but truly, it, it looks cool. For $1,000, I would much rather put that $1,000 towards um, like groceries, you know, uh, bills, things like that. But, but it does have a saving grace. We, we do have a topper of a fictional beast smoking a bong. So we got that. If we take the $100 that it's probably worth, toss in, I don't know, 200 bucks for the bong reference. You got a $300 topper. It's 1000 bucks. There you go. Go lose $700. Godzilla topper just announced by Stern. Where can you go if you want to lose $700? I have just the place. When I buy my pinball shit, I buy from flipping out. From toppers are flinching. There's some free marketing for you. Lose $700. Flipping out... No, I'm, I'm sorry. Flipping out pinball is a fantastic place to buy pinball machines. Accessories, Stern, Jersey Jack, American, all that. I buy it from there. I bought from there before they were a sponsor, but now they are a sponsor of the show. Thank you, Zach, Nicole, Greg. Fantastic company. If you'd like... I don't know about you, but if you are like one of those weirdos that like honest sellers with great support and they get back to you, all the time, almost instantly. If you're one of those weirdos that likes that, go buy Flippin' Out Pinball. If you don't like that, send me a message. I'll give you a few to buy from. You'll have a great time. They'll rip you off. They won't get back to you. They'll lie about the price and they'll say, I just can't do free shipping. It's literally impossible. Strange, isn't it? When you deal with good distributors, what happens? Flippin' Out. Do it. All right. Let's bring in our guest. Our guest, Kaneda is one of the most popular pinball podcasters out there. Also one of the most popular pinball streamers out there. He's a six-time Twippy Award-winning podcast, has a numerous amounts of patrons supporting his show, which is behind a paywall, but for him, it does really well. He does constant streams on Facebook Live, um, Spectacular, I think it's what it's called, on Saturdays. A very controversial person in the industry i'll say uh, a lot of rumors a lot of good a lot of bad um but hey let's just let's talk to him ourselves and find out about all of that so welcome to the show canada how you doing good i never miss a party thanks for having me jason <laughs> yeah you bet this is your first foray i guess kind of into tpn ish i guess first time ever i'm coming in through the back door the, ba <laughs> the back door happy you're having me a lot of people have asked to have you on. Of course, you know, elephant in the room. Some people say you have a reputation. Um, and you know, there's people like, oh, ask the hard questions. Like, I'm not a fucking asshole. I'm not going to yeah. bring someone on and just be like, hey, you piece of shit. Fuck you. <laughs> you right. know, that'd be, that'd be fun. 
Well, before we get going, first of all, ask me anything. Secondarily, I was thinking, you know, can I get Jason not to curse? And I'm like, you know, that's a futile effort. So curse away, but here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. For every curse, I'm going to add $5 into a fund to get a Haggis Pinball Factory tour, okay? And we're gonna offer that money to Damien to the charity of his choice if he just shows us behind the doors at Haggis. So curse away. So the Mm. more you curse, the more we're gonna donate to charity. So let's effing do this. uh, Yeah, you missed a few uh, syllables in that word, but uh, that's that's funny. uh, When I first did the first episode, uh, oh so long ago, two people reached out. uh, Zach Menny and Kaneda. Kaneda's message was, is, is like, hey, awesome, thanks for joining, all that. And then some advice, don't swear so much. Yeah. And um, I thought, you know, I, I get what you're saying, because, you know, as far as like a family show and getting more audience, and, and that totally makes sense. I was like, you know, that for me, I like, I just got to be me, and I'm not like leaning into the F-bombs. I just talk that way. I'm like, the only way I'm doing this is if I just... So in a way, I was like, I'm just going to double down on it then. I'm going to fucking say I'm going to say yeah. words all the time. And it ended up, you know, being a lot more freeing for me personally, because I do this as just like probably similar to you. Like I do it for my own sake. If people listen, that's great. But, um, you know, yeah. look, surpri- it's your house. It's your rules. I look, I love it. I mean, I, I was listening to a few episodes and I was like, man, the last one, I think I heard like 50 F-bombs in the first 10 minutes. I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. So we're just going to we're going to raise this fund for Haggis. We're going to get a factory tour, Jason. Trust me, this is going to make it happen. Okay. Um, I remember, so you reached out, Zach reached out and, uh, then there was a bunch of drama and I was, I was new to this pinball stuff and I don't, I don't know about this drama and I'm like, what the fuck is this drama? Oh, there's one. Uh, you know, what is all this stuff? And then, uh, by episode, I don't know what it was like four or five, Zach emailed, Hey, do you want to join the, the pinball network? And I was like, uh, I mean, sure, I want the listener. I'm like, I asked him, like, what does that mean? What is all this stuff? Like, you don't own any of my stuff and, and all that. And it was a great conversation. Um, and then, you know, he has podcasts where he says stuff about, like, you and then all that kind of stuff. I'm like, what did I walk into? <laughs> what is this fucking circus? Ah, shit. Yeah, yeah. No uh, and then, like, you know, all the, the TPN people say all these things about your past and all this. I'm like, cool. Like, I, you know, n- n- no offense. He did reach out as one of the literally the first person to say hey welcome to the team and all that and you know and i know like you have your style you have your thing and like, you know it works for you um what do you yeah, think look, of jason all- i think anyone who starts a pinball podcast and the reason why i reached out right away and i do the same to any new pinball podcasters right is once you decide to do this put a microphone in front of you and talk about pinball regardless if we like or don't like each other we're all in the same boat Right. And it's it's interesting how everyone approaches just filling the airwaves with their passion for pinball and their point of view on what's going on in the hobby. And so I was happy to see just another solo pinball podcaster throw their hat into the ring. So it's it's good having you, man. I think the more voices, the better. There's plenty of room for everybody to share their thoughts on this hobby. Yep. And speaking of, I didn't really do a proper intro to people that don't know who you are. Canada's uh, pinball podcast objectively the, I, I guess <laughs> you're like subjectively. Well, subjectively, <laughs> subjectively is where it gets, I guess, controversial, but objectively a very popular, if not the most popular, you know, as far as award winning six years in a row. Right. But you've been doing it for seven years. How many podcasts yeah. have you done total? A billion? Eight hundred and like eight official. Then there's about probably 20 deleted podcasts. 
uh, for various reasons. And then <laughs> there's a whole bunch of Facebook Live stuff I do every week. So a lot. I've been doing it for like eight years now. Right. And and your Facebook Live stuff, I'm not a big social media person, hence why I don't even use my last name. I just kind of, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, they seem to be very popular as far yeah, as like listeners and stuff. Yeah, they're not get. bad. I, I think we get about 1,500 people listen. I mean, we're all nano influencers. If you look at the world of influencers, I think anywhere from like zero to 5,000 is considered a nano influencer. So, but within our little community, I always look at it through that lens, you know, 1,500 people might watch every Saturday morning spectacular that I do every week, which is a tiny number for followers. But when you look at it through the lens of pinball, it's not that small considering that would be 1,500 potential buyers of a pinball machine, which is a decent amount of sales for any pinball company. So we all have a little bit of influence in this tiny little hobby of ours. For you doing it this long, I know I sometimes have weeks where I'm like, I just don't give a shit. I don't want to talk. I don't want to. How do you keep the motivation after seven years? Yeah. How how do you come up with your ideas? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the initial motivation was they banned me from Pinside. So that was like what got it all started. So why is that? Because you were such a nice guy or what? (laughs) So here's an interesting thing. So you can ask so many people, why was I banned from Pinside? And you will legitimately, if if I ask for a a specific reason why, you won't be able to find any real answer from anybody. I think it was just my overall presence was a little too controversial, too provocative. and But I didn't threaten anybody. I didn't do anything like racist, sexist, horrible. That was unforgivable. And then you look at the site now, right? And I think it's just right. been a few people they've banned. But it's okay. I actually look at it as a blessing in disguise because they banned me, which was fine. And I basically said, I still have some thoughts on this hobby. So I started the podcast. And, you know, it started out slowly. We got maybe 500 listeners and it climbed to 800. Then at the height when I was doing interviews with some n- notable people in the, in the industry, we were getting like four to 5,000 listeners. So what motivated me at first was just the anger that they banned me. Um, but what motivates me now is just the listeners. I just love doing the show because I think I have such a great fan base and a listener base and I won't lie, I'm also a little bit motivated now that we make a little bit of money on the side oh, yeah. with the Patreon, which right. we can talk a little bit about. But sure. it's, it's good. I mean, look, it's not a job. If, if I ever felt like this was a job, like I don't want to do this, I'll stop doing it. It's, it's not worth my time. It's not worth the energy. I don't make enough money if it becomes something that becomes a chore that I don't enjoy doing. So I just, I enjoy doing it. It's, I don't, you know how it is, Jason. It kind of yeah. feels like when you talk about pinball, it's like, talking to yourself in the shower for, you know, Hmm. 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And just other people get to hear our thoughts on this crazy hobby. So on that note, when I'm in the shower, I'm just saying like, fuck, (laughs) fuck, shit. Yeah, just cursing all day (laughs) long. Yeah, just swearing at myself. And and, uh, you're talking about like how many listeners you have and stuff like that (laughs) in the shower, right? Yeah. As as I like clean my body, I'm like 608. Right. With the hey, uh, the the pill hat on probably in the shower. What is yeah. the origin of that? Is that like oh, a- yeah, it's all it's all from Akira or Akira, as ah. I would say in Japan. So all of that okay. is is the Kaneda sort of um, imagery, if you will. Sure. I always wondered if that was like a subtle matrix thing. I have a matrix tattoo with a couple pills. Uh, like, oh, well, that we have to thing? talk about matrix on this on this podcast. Oh, let's get yeah. We're gonna get to that. Another weird thing about this 
hobbies. I don't know many others where there's like a lot of podcasts that also talk about other podcasts. Like yeah. my main, I think, listens outside of pinball is movies, Star Wars, video games, kind of in in that, and a little bit of like, you know, philosophy shit. But beyond that, there's so many pinball podcasts, and guys, including myself, you're the second, uh, third, if you count Zach, pinball podcaster I've had on you. Like what a small community with a lot of big egos. <laughs> There's a lot of alpha males. And I mean, here's the thing about my show, though. If you actually listen to my show, um, and this is more like the last few years, I don't talk really about other pinball content creators. I used to, and I think some people have some memories of the older Canada that was a lot more strident and vitriolic. But now, you know, I think people tune in to hear my thoughts on the industry, on the companies, on the games. And my shows now are about, 20 to 30 minutes max. And there's really not any mud slinging at podcasters. I'll sling mud at the companies because that's my thing is I want to keep all these companies honest. But I think, you know, people don't tune in to hear us talk trash about each other. No. Well, I mean, to be fair, you've you've done it a few times. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's typically more sometimes on Facebook Live. And it's yeah. typically if I'm pretty three sheets to the wind, as they would say in Ireland, have some whiskeys in me. And I'm... Yeah. And some, you know, sometimes, and, and I never like it when I get that way. So I, I'm trying, and I haven't in a really long time. I haven't had any drinks and done Facebook lives about pinball in a in a while. That's honestly why I avoid, I avoid alcohol, just from like relationships I've had in the past, where like it gets to that point where like the person doesn't truly want to say that or be that type of person. But then after a while, like in my personal opinion, ex-girlfriend style, I'm just like, well, just yeah. fuck off. Like either quit drinking. Not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying yeah, to yeah, tell you have yeah, a drinking yeah. problem. I'm just saying I get it. And that's why I've uh, avoided it. Cause I just, I don't like being a different person, but um, before your paywall, I listened to your podcast a lot and I tr truly, I like it. I think you're a fantastic host. I think your energy 800 shows shit. I mean, yeah. my God, you don't, you're not like a droll who just, uh, welcome to Pim, but you know, you are very entertaining. You're very personable. Um, you know, aside from the dickish shit or when you talk shit or when you do the stuff that everyone says is controversial, you're good at what you do, man. No lie. Like, I don't, Thank I don't you. think you are where you are because like you flipped a coin and somehow you landed here, you know? No, I appreciate that. And, and, and look, it's, um, I always look at all of what we do in this podcasting space. It's just entertain people. That's why we're here. Yeah. And I've learned the hard way. I mean, you could go for attention by being negative and angry all the time. And, and, and that just like kills you as a podcaster. Like if I was just screaming and complaining all the time, it, it would wear me out. It would, it would wear the listeners out. So yep. I just try to make it fun. And, and I think, you know, lately it's been, let's point the energy at what we love and then let's point the energy at getting these companies to be honest and be more transparent. And I think people really appreciate having a voice like that in pinball. I'm all, yeah, I'm very much about that. And people have reached out to me, uh, email and sometimes compared me to you when it comes to that of like, Oh, being honest or whatever. And like, okay. I mean, do I take that as a compliment? Eh, depending, I guess, if you said if you had a few drinks or whatever, like, I don't know, man, but like, don't, you don't need to fucking do that. I, it's, it's so weird that being honest in this industry is a weird thing or it's like, what? Like, that's just yeah. how shit should be. Well, it's, it's weird, right? Because it's hard to say like, well, here's my, here's the honesty about how good this game is. Like, there's not, there's no such thing as honesty when it's a subjective 
thing. See, I I think where I try to keep these companies honest is when it's measurable honesty. So if someone says, hey, we're going to ship your game, Jason, in eight weeks. All right. Okay. Cool. And then eight months go by and you don't get your game. I'm like, all right, who's going to call this company out? For, is that a lie to Jason? Were they honest to him when they said eight weeks? And that's the kind of stuff I want to go after. I'm not going to argue with people or arm wrestle them whether or not Foo Fighters is great or whether or not Godzilla is amazing. Like, that's a subjective thing. I want to jump on that topic with you because I think Stern's support is absolutely dog shit. Right. I have bought... Many new in-box games, but one time I bought a new in-box game. I won't even state what game it was, but let's just say it's a very relatively new game by one of the very most popular Keith Alwyn designs. One of his right. games, right? Okay. Half the shit didn't fucking work, and I mean that truly, and I emailed in with a list. Here's six things that don't work on the $10,000 I just gave you. You know, the response is like, two days later, did you try turning it off and on again? <laughs> Two days later, did you try remove? You know all this stuff. In the end, their um, their solution is to just ignore you until right. the problem goes away and you sell the game out of frustration. And that is so unacceptable. And I cannot believe that the big boy Stern support is so terrible. Yeah, you know, I think with them selling so many thousands of games, or I have to imagine they're like, all right, two percent of these or five percent are going to be somewhat problematic or lemons, if you will. Yeah, And it's to our advantage not to engage the customer one-to-one when they get one of those problematic pins. And that's why they use the distributor model, because ultimately they want you to go to your distributor and they want to be left alone, right? They just want to deal with making the games and not hear from a customer who's having issues. Um, but I think for the amount of games Stern sells, I would have to say like the quality I think is great. It's it just is. Is, is when, to your point though, when you have a problem though, I do agree it's not like they're spooky or they're Jersey Jack. Like they're not going to, well, let me stay out spooky with this analogy, but they're not going to get back to you right away. They're not going to give you that personal one-to-one sort of interaction that you crave because all of us have had a moment where our pin is down and all we want is to know what we need to do to fix it. And we want to get it up and running as fast as possible. And it's painful when you have to pound sand for, for days, if not weeks, as the company ignores you. Stern should just buy the support department of Spooky because Spooky is going to give you garbage, but then they'll fix everything for you. Stern will generally give you gold, but not fix shit. So just combine It's ironic, right? The company with the probably the best quality is the worst customer service or one of the worst customer services when you need it. And the company with maybe arguably some of the worst quality has the best customer service that's always on. Honestly, it wasn't even through flipping out. It was with a different distributor. And I know Zach probably would have at least like stepped in, but like I'll, I'll fucking take care of it. But the other guy was like, oh, CC me. And they just didn't do shit. I think all of us need a good friend who is, who is a distributor for help and also to lock in those hard to get LEs and CEs because that's the battlefield that's coming, Jason. Wait. I've never been an LECE guy. Uh, so I'm but what just if it was Matrix? Then aren't you okay, going to want one? There we go. Yeah. Well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, wh- like if it's Matrix or Back to the Future, I mean, once, look at the frenzy to get some of these B themes. Once a contemporary A theme drops into the world and we, we think we've been complaining about prices and it's hard to get. I mean, look what Pulp Fiction just did. We were yeah. all writing off it as a single level game. No one's really going to want it. 
And then all of a sudden, it's freaking Pulp Fiction, right? It's Tarantino's first pinball machine and the LEs sell out in one day. And now people are, will pay you 2500 to 3000 over just for your spot. What's an LE game that you would, or have you, what is it? Batman or isn't there a game that is like an I've LE? got a Batman SLE sitting somewhere in Massachusetts. Why is it there? Well, I, I can't bring it to my apartment right now. Uh, I have a little two-year-old monster that will destroy anything that makes its way in his path. Mm. So I'm waiting till I get my house. My housewarming gifts to myself will be the unboxing of my Guns N' Roses number 500 CE, which is sitting at Cointaker. Um, the Batman SLE, which I paid a lot more to get it back. I used to have one and then I just missed it. So I had a little little bit of seller's remorse. Everyone can relate to that. Okay. Um, and then I'm just waiting. I, I have a Pulp Fiction LE ordered as well. And that's it. Those three games are most likely going to be my lineup when I get a house, hopefully sometime in the next few months. Well, that's a good conversation to start to get to know your balls then. We're getting to know your balls. All right, let's ask you some questions about you and pinball. Yeah. In general, do you prefer location or home play? Uh, home play. And well, without having games right now, are you playing more on location or are you just not playing yes. at all? Or Yeah. Yes. Okay. Always on location. Very different question. What is one of your biggest fears in life? Mm. Wow. I would say not living up to my potential. Mm. That's actually, yeah. uh, I, I can relate to that. Yep. Yeah. I, I said one time that question and Dennis Creasel said, oh yeah, I'm responsible for people's lives. So I don't want to kill people. I'm like, ah, that's much more honorable <laughs> yeah. than my selfish shit. But it's yeah. true. Like for you, what is your, like, what drives, what's your potential to you? What is your... Yeah. No, I think for me, you know, I work in marketing and I work for a lot of really great brands and I work in, in an agency. And so for me, I'm just always thinking about, well, what's next? And as I get older as a creative and I see all the kids are on TikTok and just following vapid influencers, I'm like, how much longer will I have a shelf life, you mm -hmm. know, as, as a guy coming up with creative ideas? But I don't know. You know, I also just love, I love the gaming space and I always sort of moonlight and dream about, well, do I open up a barcade? Do I open up a little Neo Tokyo sake place where I can have all of what I love and it be my little corner of the universe? That's, that's always what eats away at me is when you work for other people, you, you always feel like at some point I got to break away from this and do what I love. Now, I'm also a realist and I have a, a son to educate and feed and a wife and we need to pay for mortgage payments coming up. And so I'm not going to throw everything I've accumulated in my career away just to follow my passions. And that's sort of like, I am pretty content where I'm at right now, where I, I do enjoy my job. I love what I do. I want to do it as long as I can do it. And then I can have a pinball side hustle that also allows me that creative freedom that I don't always get at work. Because in my industry, Jason, I'm 99% of the times I'm asking somebody else permission if I can execute an idea I have. Right. Where my podcast flips that 99% of the time, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I just got to be careful I don't say that 1% thing I'm thinking that could get me in trouble. Mm. And if I can do that, <laughs> um, I'll sleep well at night. I just say that 1% thing. You do. Um, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We need, we need more. Between you and I, we, we average out the normal amount of cursing adults do. 
I think so. Yeah, I I've gotten uh, full disclosure. Um, hmm, should I say that? Uh, why not? Um, you know, on, on the TPN has a chat community. I've pushed it too far, um, where someone said, hmm, maybe don't say that. And I honestly thought, you know, maybe it's time I leave TPN. Not because I'm trying to like fucking be rebellious, but like same thing. Like if if I have to like watch what I say. Yeah, I'm not like, again, I'm not a racist. I'm not sexist. I'm not going to, but it's like, you know, that freedom expression and thought, like I thought, hmm, but uh, it's too much of a win-win right now to do that. And I I like the team and they support me very much and all that. And I support them. So still good, but. So Jason, what, what keeps you up at night or what's your biggest fear? Uh, Very similar to yours. Um, Yeah, it's uh, that I won't feel satisfied on my deathbed that I won't feel satisfied that I pushed hard enough and achieved what I wanted to achieve, which is really to feel that I've satisfied my musical, um, I don't know how to answer this because any way I answer it, I feel like I'm going to say it like it, I, I just don't like sounding egotistical because that's not what it is. Um, I, some music in my life has saved me, I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, just emotionally or spiritually or whatever. And sometimes, like, you can't tell the artist that or whatever, not that I wanted to, but it's such, to me, it's such a powerful thing. And I write music for the same reason, not to help people, but I know what it's done to me sometimes. And I sometimes want those artists to know, like, you have no idea how impactful your stuff is to some people. Right. And to, I would be satisfied if I knew that anything I did touched one person even remotely that much. I could probably die happy, but I'm so good at it but the game is so hard to play the music industry and the career that like, if I don't give it a college try and I fail it, I'd rather fail at it, trying my ass off versus like never doing it. But it's in the realm of that. So similar, like the potential, just like, fuck. Um, Yeah. I'm watching this, like, what is it? The big door prize show where this machine shows up in this little town and it kicks out a card that tells everyone what their true life potential is. It's an interesting mm. concept and how it freaks with it. It messes everybody's ability to just enjoy day to day because they now think they have to get to that thing. Right. It's it's interesting uh, how disruptive it can be. But yeah, look, I mean, look, as long as we're all above ground, you know, I've been through a lot this year and I, 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 that's the other thing too, is as much as we're aiming for, for, greater things and bigger things, learning how to appreciate everything we have and every day is really the most important, you know, key to happiness. So yeah, happy to be here on a Sunday holiday weekend, Jason. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? The, yeah, the most beautiful day of the year talking pinball, but this is why yeah. we love it. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't be doing this again. It's, it's testament to how much we enjoy talking about pinball. Yeah. And I've, you know, the things that keep me going on some of this is because it's it's in the realm it's creative you know it's audio i get to really like look i put way too much work in some of the math stuff or some of the audio editing i I shouldn't be doing this for what i'm doing but um i sometimes get messages from people and i assume you do as well that are uh, truly heartwarming like they'll say something they're like wow yeah something you said actually meant something to them in a way oh yeah yeah there's people who listen to all of these shows and there are, are sometimes people are battling a disease or they're in the hospital and they're listening to pinball podcasts as a way to just get their mind off of what they're struggling through. Yeah. And I'm like, crap, now I really got to keep the show going. We gotta, <laughs> yeah, we got to heal this person with, with pinball podcasting. It's in a, in a strange way, all of us, you, me, Zach, Christopher Franchi, you name it, Slam Tilt, all the, all the shows out there. 
people feel like they have a personal connection with the creators and it's nice. And it's, that's why it's fun going to shows. It's fun talking to people and seeing them in real life because we've all built this weird relationship with this motley crew of people that we never would have met had we not found pinball. It's like this weird thing that is a connector of people. And, and that's, actually more in, interesting in some ways and the games themselves. And I think we all kind of know that. And, yeah. and it's, it's a fascinating thing. I think because the hobby is small enough, but also has a potential to be so big, it, yeah, it makes it exciting, yeah. but plus accessible to everyone. And, um, and there's, not, there's not too many pins, right? So the, the last point I'll put in this, like, all you got to do is six, seven new pins a year and you're well-versed. If you follow watches or movies, there's like hundreds of new items a year. You can't possibly know enough and it's too much work. But this is kind of like you can sit back and know everything going on in pinball in like an hour. And and just like everyone on Pinside who's an expert on every game, every price. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. Speaking of, what is your favorite era of pinball? Oh, um, I would say my favorite era of pinball is it's right now. It really is. The last five years, I've absolutely loved the last five years of what's been happening in pinball. Even though I'm a Bally Williams fanboy with the toys, I never grew up in that era. So I just love now. I love all the companies trying to make great games. I love uh, how far along we've come with the experience of pinball. It's it's truly, this is this period is better than the 90s probably was when you think about you know, everyone making games and the variety of games and all the stuff happening. Do you like, love, or hate fixing games? I, I, I can't fix games. So I, I, <laughs> I can't solder, man. Canada, like once something breaks on a machine of mine, I start crying like a baby and try to find a tech locally. But I, I can, I, I mean, I can lift the play field. I can do certain things, but no, I don't like doing repairs. Um, they, they scare me profusely. Do you have any horror stories from the secondary market? Have you done much buy, sell, and trade and that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I once bought a Tales of the Arabian Nights that was beautiful in its photos. Uh, it was brass plated, new CPR playfield, looked incredible. And then I brought it home and Eddie, who's a great technician, um, he passed away, unfortunately. No, his, sorry. His, um, his wife passed away. Um, Eddie's still here. So Eddie, he looked at the game and he's like, dude, this game has got water damage all throughout the cabinet. And they basically just put lipstick on a pig and changed the play field and then sold it as this sort of like beautifully brass plated toad in. And because I didn't see the game in person, I just went off of the photos. I kind of got burned on that one. Yeah. Um, so that's really it. The rest of the games I've bought used have always been in pretty good condition. I will say this. My first game was Lord of the Rings. I'm looking at your Lord of the Rings poster right now. Oh, yeah. And that was my favorite game ever to own because I didn't know when I bought my first pin that having wear in the shooter lane is a bad thing. There were some broken plastics and I didn't care. Like I just played the game and enjoyed it. Yeah. I wasn't OCD about pinball. And I think what sucks now is like, you you know, with all the money we're spending on these games and we're trying to keep them perfect. And mm. there's like, it, it's, it's just such a weird thing, you know, to have to, um, you know, from day one, 
how am I going to preserve this thing to be as pristine as possible? And ultimately, like that's why so many collectors don't even play their damn games because they're right. just they're more worried about the condition than they are about the experience. Uh, yeah, I miss those days too. The ignorance is bliss of like just playing a game. Yeah. And then then you start to hear about things like shooter wear or insert wear. Now I look at insert ghosting and every oh, little fucking so thing. Like, it does not change out. gameplay at all. At no, all. at all. But, you know, you could lose like a couple grand and I don't want to lose a couple grand. And, no, I know. Uh, you yeah, know. I know. What's something you want in life? Maybe this is similar to the thing you said earlier, but maybe not. Besides a enough money to satiate all my pinball and, and car desires. I, I really just want my my son to grow up and A, outlive me and B, be someone I'm very proud of. And I want to be someone that he's proud of. And that means the world to me. Um, being a new dad is amazing and and it's exhausting. I mean, it's hmm. there's no one tells you the truth about it until <laughs> you're in it. Um, and then I just want to be a, a good person, you know, to, to my family. And I think family is the most important thing and, and taking care of ourselves is, is part of that. And so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I really want is, you know, to be happy, but those things would make me extremely happy. Uh, what's your favorite game moment in pinball? Easy answer for me. My favorite pinball moment is there and back again in the Lord oh, of the Rings. Yeah. I just love it. I don't think I've ever seen a game where it's like rewards you for getting far through the game. And then that moment hits in that game and the music changes. And there's just something about yep. it that just mm -hmm. makes me so giddy. And no matter how many times you get to it, it's still, I think, one of the most magically coded moments in any pinball machine ever. That's uh, that's probably the correct answer <laughs> to that question. <laughs> Is there a certain mod that's valuable to you? Oh man, the mod space. I'm so jealous of these modders, Jason. They're all making like so much money right now. Like there are modders making more money than Keith Elwin right now. And I'm like, what has happened? Um, I think, I mean, I like mods that actually enhance an area of the game, but also the experience of the game. So, I, I mean, I go back to like Lord of the Rings was the eye of Palantir where like the original one was crappy and then they put this beautiful one in there. So I, I mm -hmm. loved that mod. But I, I don't know, like I think the mods, the subtle mods that just make some of the sculpts look better. I'm, I'm all for that stuff. But I just think, you know, ultimately there's not one mod that I'm like, oh, that's, that's the one. Like they got it. Like they fixed this game because they did that. Um, I don't think at these prices, we should be modding these games the way we are. I, I think the yeah. companies are actually seeing what's happening and they're like, why bother? Someone's just going to make a mod for the crappy tank in Galactic Tank Force. We don't need to make it a good looking thing. Mm, well, that's if anyone buys that game. <laughs> I guess well, Dave, David Fix is going to have to buy all 2000 he said he sold or else he's his ass is on the line. Yeah. <laughs> In a game, is the gameplay or theme more important to you? Uh, for me, theme, because I suck at pinball. Perfect. <laughs> so you suck at pinball. You do 800 podcasts yeah. about it. Well, and, and, and my favorite thing, Jason, uh, number two, I think I got three last year, uh, world's best pinball streamer, third best, second best, without ever actually playing pinball. That's my favorite accomplishment. Is that because of the Facebook stuff? Or? Yeah. Yeah, just... It's because technically I am talking about pinball. I'm just not playing it. Uh, it is ah. a stream about pinball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was always joking with Brenda. I was like, I bet I can go an entire year and not 
play a single game of pinball and, and retain the audience. Ownership, do you have a fastest regret? You got a game and you're like, I hate this or... Yeah, Magic Girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I paid $23,000 for a Magic Girl and it arrived. And I'll never forget the phone call from Chris from Cointaker because no one knew the game didn't work until I unboxed it. So Jason, imagine this. You think that Papa Duke figured out the game. American Pinball was working on it for two years. They made 25 of them. And mine arrives and I get this phone call from Chris Marquette and he goes, he goes, dude, it doesn't work. And I thought he was just like shitting me. Like I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, come on. What do you mean it doesn't work? I just bought this thing from Kim Mitchell, my friend. He sold me his Magic Girl, which he originally paid 16 for and then 7,000 deposit on Raza. So I'm like, look, I'll give you 23 for the Magic Girl. And I unbox it. The shooter lane's not even, there's not, not even cut out. It's just flat wood and nothing on the game worked. Like there's no code, it broken machine. And so I was like, I can't believe I just bought a $23,000 beautiful pinball machine that doesn't even play. So that was, I, I had to get rid of it and I ended up- Did you up, lose money on it? Yeah, I sold it for twenty or 21000 I was happy just to get out of it. Ugh. And I know the, these dudes in the Netherlands made that cool kit that kind of turns this stuff on and added some features to it, but it, it's a joke of a machine. I mean, John Papaduke is the biggest fraud in the history of pinball, and I will- I will not back down from that statement. Look at what he created over like a 15-year period without standing on the shoulders of Bally Williams engineers. The guy doesn't know how to make mechs. Mm. And so, so yeah, that one was a regret. And the other one that I sold pretty quickly that I kind of wish I still had just is, is Rick and Morty. Just a weird oh. shooting game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not the best shooter, but the code and the callouts. And I think Rick and Morty is actually going to be one of the most sought after pins, um, you know, for collectors as time goes on, just because of the theme. And there's only 750 ever. Yeah, I hate playing that game, but I can see why people, you know, it's 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 really bad. Um, what is your favorite machine right now? Huh. Well, there's like the new ones that are out of the new current games that just launched. Obviously, Foo Fighters is amazing. I love it. Shoots like a dream. Mm. Um, right now, my favorite pinball machine. I would, I'm still going to go back on like, it's kind of the ones I own. I am, I love Batman 66. I know it's a little clunky, but I just think it's Lyman Sheets's masterpiece when it comes to code. And I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And I know all of the complaints about the game. I know everyone hates the multi-balls. I know everyone thinks the flippers suck. I know it. I hear what you're saying, people, but it's my favorite band. And when you're a few drinks in and you turn up the volume to 11 on Guns N' Roses, I just love playing it. I think it's a super cool pinball experience. Um, so those are my two favorite right now. Um, I haven't had enough time on everything else. And, I, and, I, and that's the hard part for me is I just wish I could have more time. You know, even on games like Godzilla, on the new offerings. I would love to play The Godfather. There's not a Godfather, Jason, in New York City. The movie takes place in New York City. What the hell? I know. It's like Jack Guinari. Get a freaking mobster pin in the mobster location the movie takes place in. Um, but you know, it's it's hard to get an intimate feeling for a lot of games unless you have friends that have them or a like location close by that has a lot of lineup. But yeah. you know, and I support Jack Barr. John's a great friend of mine. But I keep giving him 
crap because he doesn't have the new stuff. He only has Foo Fighters Pro. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite pin right now? <clears throat> I just heard you say Foo Fighters was your favorite pin of all time. Bold statement. No, of all time, it's Jurassic Park. Um, but as of like right now, I'm, I, I can see why Foo Fighters, is, it's, it's a little, sh- not shallow. I have it for sale, but more so because I need money because I bought a car. But um, it would be Jurassic Park still. Um, yeah, that, that's the one game I just don't get sick of, even though uh, Lord of the Rings is probably like my favorite theme. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a lot of people's favorite. Every time I have it, I don't fucking play it. I've played the shit out of it. Um, yeah. Probably Jurassic Park. Once that Jurassic Park theme song hits, right? I mean, it's just like you're you're in it. Na, na, na. You're in it. Yeah. Do you have the um the updated or the hacked software that puts the movie clips in it? Yeah, I don't like it as much because it doesn't do the timing as well as the normal code. Um, so for me, I don't look at the screen much, so I use audio cues more than anything to play, and so it kind of fucks with me a little bit. But right. I like sometimes to hear Jeff Goldblum. You can swap it pretty easy. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's no, a great game. I yeah. mean, I, I've been looking at Jurassic Park LEs are kind of like unobtainium right now. Around here, there was a couple recently, but uh, it was the one LE I actually ever legit considered, other than like Matrix, as you said. Uh, Jurassic yeah. Park was the only one. Um, yeah. All right, last question. What's your least favorite game? Could be of all time, could <laughs> be right Girl. now. Okay, uh, no, <laughs> pretty easy. Um, least favorite game. So I'm going to say this, and it's it's simply what this game symbolizes for me, and it is James Bond's 60th anniversary edition. Sure. I, I hate what Stern did with the pricing. I hate how they tried to show the community that has supported Stern all these years, the disrespect to the collector base with that pricing. And you look at it, Jason, they sold it $19,995 was the price they put on it on their own website. Then what did they do a day later? They removed the price. Mm. And then they say, call for price. And so for people who bought it directly, Jason, they're 22000 in with taxes at Stern. And now I can march into any distributor's office with fifteen five and walk out with the game. Yeah. And it's just, I, I just don't do this. Like, don't fleece us. Like, at least give the value to the customers and the community that's been supporting you all these years. Just, yeah, just, I mean, even at 15 grand, that game's a ripoff, right? It's like, yeah. but at least, at least charge like 15 and give the people a couple thousand maybe in value. But it's just, I hate what that game stood for. I hate the way they priced it. I hate that they, that they put Keith Elwin, because we love Elwin. I don't want him associated with some cash grab mickey mouse marketing game like that like come on he's he's deserves more respect than that and i don't know if bond is the theme to make that type of super Leon. star wars sure strip it down call it whatever uh harry potter sure you could charge 30 grand and not put shit in there people but bond i don't know i mean is there a harry potter pinball machine happening hmm what have you heard i <laughs> what have i heard i have heard basically yes how about you what have you heard yeah no, it's so weird the way Joe did that petty announcement spoiling Jersey Jack's big reveal. I don't know. But I don't think we're going to see it for like three years earliest. So, Well, let's say uh, we're done getting to know your balls. Thank you very much. Let's talk about this rumored stuff because there's yeah. so much. Uh, yeah, Harry Potter. Uh, I mean, I, what do you think? Are you a Harry Potter fan? Mm. I've seen all the movies. I didn't read the books. I think it's too much material for one pen. 
Hmm. You're just going to disappoint the hardcore fans. There's no way you can get seven movies into one game. So as a hardcore fan, I don't like the idea. I think Zach was bringing it up of like making multiple versions. I would fucking hate that to have to spend too much to get the experience. I brought that up first. He stole my great idea, Zach. Figure it out. No, it's a, it's a good idea. They could... Okay, why don't you think that's a good idea? Like to make for, for a business, yes, it's a good idea. What do you mean? But yeah, but but at least then you can do each of those chapters, those three chapters, justice versus having to cram it all into one. Oh, the FOMO though of only having one of the three fifteen thousand dollars, forty five thousand dollars right, to for own. All three. Oh, fuck, dude. crazy, right? When you start doing the math, you, you can't do the math anymore in pinball. You got to just pretend you didn't spend that much on these games well if they can put that much into uh pirates i think they could put it all into harry potter um jason let me ask you like are you excited that jersey jack has it because i used to think jersey jack was the only one i'd want to make a harry potter game now i've reversed feeling that way because of how barren their last two games have been okay i see your point um i think from a aesthetics point of view yes i'm glad jersey jack uh if it was like a kamikaze if it was like a kapow level harry potter i think that would be the right call yeah. if stern had it yeah absolutely. and i would i would be cool with either the book theme slash art or the movie if they did the movie like star wars style where they get some photoshop trash and that's it i don't want to see that um I'm just worried Jersey Jack employees are going to be like dressing up as wizards and stuff after what they did with <laughs> Godfather. It's like Jack Winari as Dumbledore. So, I mean, no disrespect to Jer- Jersey Jack. Th- having employees in that game completely throws me out of the universe. You can't do it. You can't do it. It's, it doesn't make any right? It's like when I saw that, I was like, wait, you can't. You, no. I, you can't even name any theme where that's appropriate. Only in like, I know there's a lot of Midway and Mortal Kombat background and a lot of the um, uh, pinball people, Mike Vinicor and a lot of Stern. I Like the toasty thing in Mortal Kombat 2 is cool, but that game also has a little bit of humor in it. But taking something like Godfather and adding in some like, almost like company memes, like, nah, that's not the game to do it on, in my yeah, opinion. And it's different if the... If the design team of like a Mortal Kombat is putting themselves in it as an Easter egg, that's much different than this right. iconic movie that is 40 or 50 years old where you have nothing to do with it. Stay out of it. It's like, imagine if they made Star Wars and, and the Stormtrooper pulls its helmet, helmet off and it's Eric Minier and you're like, what the hell? Like, no, you're not <laughs> yeah. allowed to do that. No. Yeah, it, it, it throws me out of the game. The first time I saw that, I was just like, oh, no, that's a, to me, it, ugh. You know, you can turn off, I have, I have a friend who has Godfather, you can turn off all of the Jersey Jack call outs and all their additional like bada bing, like wise guy stuff and just keep it more focused on the content from the movie. Oh. And I didn't know this. And he's like, no. he's like, Chris, when you do that, it kind of removes all the cheesiness that people are complaining about and it's a much better experience. So I didn't know that either. So I think it's an interesting no. thing that, you know, again, I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Yeah, I would think they should do that by default and then turn it if you want totally. the Easter eggs and all the people like whatever. Uh, yeah. So Harry Potter, don't do that. Um, don't put your faces in it. Yeah. Maybe that's Steve Ritchie um, Haggard one. Or <laughs> Did you see that? It was like yeah, yeah. pretty that funny really looking. F- that looked like like legit. Like, oh, he's in the movie. Who do you think is going to design Harry Potter? 
No, oh, I just want them to give Elwin like a couple million just so you do it. Contract it <laughs> you know out. They breaks. tried to get Elwin to go to Jersey Jack. Do you know that? No. And he said no. Hmm. And and then Steve Ritchie was like the safety well, not the safety hire, but like Ritchie is who they got when Elwin turned them down. Was the check not big enough? I think, you know, look, I think if you're Elwin, you know, you want to be at a place that's going to crank out your ideas faster. Sure. I mean, if, I, I feel like if you're a designer and an artist, Stern is the place to be just because you want to see your stuff come to fruition more frequently. Now, Jersey Jack, you know, higher bomb. That's the exciting part or used to be. I'm I'm so excited for Steve Ritchie's game, Jason, because it's like, this is it, right? Because I don't know if you saw his interview when he talked about leaving Stern, but he's not happy. Like he wants to, he wants to send an FU to Stern with his next game. So I'm expecting something epic. On Elton John? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Matrix. I Really? So I heard it's Matrix. I heard it's not Elton John. If it is Elton John, we will all be crying together because I don't think anybody wants that as like his comeback pin. I won't say who, but I heard from a employee at a distributor that it was Elton John. Um, at a manufacturer, sorry, not a distributor. Yeah, I heard that too. And I but think they might have switched it. Fu- I fucking hope so. <laughs> I, I fucking hope so too. I just want to get you. some, I want to get Haggis some money in this charity. We've stopped cursing. I've, I've yeah. made you PG. Come on, let him rip. No, yeah, no. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. There you go. Um, yeah, give him some money. Uh, yeah, if it's Matrix, holy shit. Um, I mean, for real. Like, I mean, I did, you know, text Zach. of like, hey, yo, guy, list me. Fuck fucking just put me on all the whatever list you want to call it and just give me pickings now he's not going to just give me pickings but you know i want to is he is he giving real on the on the patreon on the discord are are they getting like rumors like this because zach's got to know a lot that he can't say and i was you know i was like all right what i don't join his discord um i'm not a pay i'm not a subscriber of him not because it is but it's kind of like weird like you know are you it gets weird like he's not my boss or anything we're on the same team and we're like doing the stuff together and flipping out sponsors this podcast so it kind of gets weird where like i I try not to get money or weird stuff involved but um you know like he's very good with like telling giving people a little bit but like he's also not breaking contracts whatever he has with manufacturers i think you know i don't know i'm not even in the discord so shit i don't know he probably knows shit (laughs) I don't yeah, know. No, as he should. I mean, look, I think distributors should know more than they actually do. I think it's yeah. ridiculous how I talk to so many distributors who are like, I have no idea what David Fix is about to do. And then he wants me to sell his product and he's keeping us in the dark. It's like the distributors are finding out at the same time as the customers, how many games are they going to make, how much they cost when they're, you know, and it's like, you can't, you shouldn't treat your distros like customers. You've, they've got to know more. Because yeah. they can help you plan. And they and here's the greatest thing about distributors. They can give valuable feedback to all of these companies. Mm-hmm. And they and I think more of these companies should listen to what the distros are saying because they're talking to the customers on the front line every day. I wonder if they are listening. It doesn't I seem like know. it. I don't know. Would you make Galactic Tank for us if you were listening to what customers <laughs> wanted? <laughs> I mean, wait, no. <laughs> God, that game is bad. Oh, um, yeah. Matrix. Yeah. Matrix. I think Matrix, Steve Ritchie, I think we see you it by really the end so. of the year. I think by no the end shit. of the year. Yeah. You think it's that over Elton John? Yeah. I, I hope, hope you're right. I hope I'm right too. And, and it, look, if I'm wrong, guess who they're going to blame? Not me. They're going to blame Steve Ritchie and Jack Winari. <laughs> so, how did 
how did this rumor start? The do you know? Well, the Matrix I mean, one? it's always been in the wheelhouse of Jersey Jack because of their relationship with Warner Brothers. So okay. if you think about it, I mean, Jack's got what Willy Wonka was Warner Brothers, Wizard of Oz. Um, I feel like there's one more I'm missing, um, but and then the Matrix, and then plus Jack, you know, he loves to put these teasers or, or these hints out there. And I think he was just at the European pinball show. And there were, why did they have the matrix? You know, that one that those Netherlands guys made, they reskinned mm-hmm. Johnny mnemonic into the matrix and Jack's yep. sitting there in front of it next to Godfather. So it's like, all right, maybe he's trolling us because, or maybe he's not, but Everybody, 99.9% of people want it to be the Matrix. The only person that wants Elton John pinball is Elton John. Why do you think Elton John would be a rumored title, though, over Matrix? I don't see the logic there. I think they have the license. I think it makes sense that Steve Ritchie would have a music pin. Um, You know, Jersey Jack, from a business standpoint, Guns N' Roses was a phenomenal success for them. And so... But that's Guns N' Roses. Yeah, but here's the weird thing about all these musical acts, because I would argue, like, Foo Fighters is not big. Like, they're they're a medium-level band. They have, uh, you know, none of their albums. Okay, if you go by album sales, Jason, Elton John has more albums sold than Guns N' Roses, Foo Fighters, and probably Metallica and Aerosmith combined. Sure. So you're like, all right, so clearly the dude has fans, but... You know, he's he's another one of these artists that spans a 50-year period of time and his he's no longer as relevant as he used to be. And I don't I just don't think he has the cool factor, right, of guns and right. roses or foo fighters within the demo of pinball right now, which is yes. primarily 40 to 60-year-old white males who love pinball. Um, yeah. I don't really hear people rocking out to Elton John and Crocodile Rock. It's kind of corny if you ask me. But I don't, but look at Jersey Jack's theme selections, man. I don't know. It's been all over the place. So I I don't feel like, like the Godfather to me is probably the worst selection of a theme that you could probably do. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I think at least, you know, there's glitz and glamour in Elton John and it's rock and roll. So you can like pump up the energy. You can, the rainbow colors there will make sense. But Godfather, I just don't get it. Well, and Elton John's like 70s and his like what late 60s, early 70s materials, very high energy. I mean, Crocodile Rock, you've got, you know, Benny and the Jets, you've got I'm Still Standing. I think that was a little later on, but his stuff, he, he's, he rocks out. I mean, it's just, all right, but Matrix, yeah. right? Like, hopefully oh. it's the Matrix. Oh my God. If it, if it's Matrix and then followed up with Harry Potter in a couple of years, like they just, they're just printing money. Yeah, I think they need to, um, though. Jersey Jack needs to get its mojo back and it's not going to happen with Elton John. When do you think they started to lose their mojo? Toy Story 4? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they lost their mojo when the Guns N' Roses play fields fell apart. And then Jack Guinari said that this is the fault of people who play the game. And they and I hated their response. And Mirko has been shipping. I mean, Mirko in general has maybe... If, if it wasn't for the Abbas family, Mirko would have been solely responsible for destroying Jersey Jack Pinball mm. because people would have gave up on them with the quality and Jack could not afford to give people replacement play fields or fully populated play fields replaced. He did, they just could not afford to do that. And it's so weird, right? Because like some of the play fields are good, some are not. 
they figure it out, then they have issues again. But once that happened with Guns N' Roses, that's when people started to be like, all right, here we go again. Play fields are falling apart. It's like a headache to do a, a replacement. And then Toy Story 4, I, I, like, I'm the biggest Toy Story fan. I mean, as much, you know, Jason, you love The Matrix. I mean, Toy Story to me, the first movie is one of the most perfect pieces of cinema of all time. Captures every boy's love of their toys and how we used our imagination or all of it, right? How sure. could you mess up Toy Story? And they found a way to do it. <laughs> so I'm like, that's why I'm nervous about Harry Potter and Jersey Jack. Cause I'm like, if anyone's going to mess it up, it's going to be them. And then uh, spooky, spooky would well, fuck it up. Yes. But I would throw, <laughs> here's why, I, here's why I was thinking about this when I was thinking about, you know, our chat has Stern ever really messed up a theme? Star Wars. Yes, you're right. Okay, other than Star Wars, uh, well, other than the Steve Ritchie games that he's messed up, like I would maybe Game of Thrones wasn't that bad, but it didn't really capture it. But but recently, I think Stern is like kind of knocked it out of the park with all their themes. Someone uh, uh, posited this, which I think a lot of people agree with. What if they switched the theme and game of Star Wars and Iron Maiden, and Star Wars had the layout of Iron Maiden? Holy shit! be the easily number one game on Pinside. Yeah. You know what's weird is Iron Maiden was originally Guardians of the Galaxy. They oh, reskinned right. it to Guardians. See, the thing is, that here's what I heard. This is a really strange rumor, but it kind of makes sense, is that Steve Ritchie was working on Jurassic Park, and his design for Star Wars was Jurassic Park, and it was supposed to be the raptors running around the park, which is what the that big mech was. It because it, oh. it it makes no sense as like the hyperdrive. It makes absolutely no sense. Like what? Why no. is this the main mech in a Star Wars game? No, no. And even then, they made more of a uh, warp or hyperspace was way more talked about and a big deal in Star Trek than Star Wars. Like they wouldn't. All, sometimes they would say we'll jump to light speed, but it wasn't like a big fucking thing like no. in Star Wars where it was. Uh, they just fucked it up. Yeah, God. and it's the biggest property to fuck up and. I think what's sad about it is, so is this it now? Or can someone actually go make a good version of the original trilogy? I wonder what the statue of limitations are on these right. contracts, right? Like, I mean, we've seen in the video game space, like people will revisit Star Wars multiple times. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Will Stern, the Stern just own it exclusively? They probably do. They probably have a right of refusal where they can just re-upping the, the license as much as they want. So if Mandalorian was the next step into it, I don't, they're not going to make one for Ahsoka. I think they messed up that theme too. I think I'm like, I thought, I thought yeah. they didn't mess. They just keep messing up. I guess Stern has messed up the biggest themes they've ever had. Um, but I think they're going in the right direction. I think Godzilla is the right direction. I think Jurassic Park is. I think Jaws, which is the rumor of Keith Owens next is going to be amazing. And I think John Borg is going to do Indiana Jones because he was really upset that the last Indiana Jones he did for Stern was was pretty terrible. So what are you saying? You think Indiana Jones is going to be a whole, like on Dial of Destiny or yeah, a whole new... I think it's going to be that. And I don't know what the movie storyline is, but I heard, and maybe this is incorrect or correct, that it's Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny, I think allows them to time travel. So I think he might go back and appear in a lot of the iconic moments from the previous movies, which sure. would be an interesting way to sort of work in, you know, all those major elements. We'd love to see the bridge scene or the big boulder or the Ark of the Covenant. So we'll see. I'm, I have no idea. 
I, you know, you know what we need is a Barbie pinball machine. I was thinking about that. Like, mm, I mean, that, who's like, going to buy that? Uh, you know, like all the parents out there. I'm not going to buy a Barbie <laughs> game. Are you? I'd rather. For what's what's Bar- your son's I'd, name? I would rather. Oh, Killian. Killian. You gonna buy one for him? Um, I'd rather have Barbie than Godfather. Okay. It would outsell uh, Godfather. So, <laughs> fuck. I don't know about that. I can't get on the Barbie train, man. Uh, they they could if it was. Uh, spooky, they would make a Barbie and then a Ken version. Um, the Ken wouldn't sell. The Barbie um, collectors are crazy though, but. I guess, man, you know something that I don't. I don't you're paying attention <laughs> to Barbies. What the fuck? So Indiana Jones, you mentioned Jaws, which is the relic, you know, I mean. Eh, Everyone's it's going to be Jaws. Yeah, it's going to be Jaws. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keith Ellen. Um, and then Venom, which is just on the other side of a couple months, right? Yeah, Venom's um, been done for like two years now. I wonder they, what that's going to be, a multiplier fest? Well, it's Brian Eddy, you know, and I think I think we're all still waiting for Brian Eddy to bring a mech into the game that's somewhere close to the medieval madness castle. <laughs> you know, we know mm. he's capable of really cool mechs. I think the projector in Stranger Things was a really interesting idea. I think when that UV kit got put in, that game came to life, and then the code turned around and made that game. A lot better. I think the you know the first year of owning a Stranger Things was pretty terrible for most people. Um, but look, Stern's been on a roll, and Zombie Yeti's doing the artwork for Venom, so it's going to look insane. And that's his perfect wheelhouse is that comic book style for Yeti. So I, I don't know. I mean, personally, I don't really you know Venom's not a thing that I follow or would run towards. But I think Stern knows what they're doing. You know, they go between major movies, they go between Marvel properties, and they go between music pins. And, you know, as long as they sell two to 3,000, they're on to the next and everything makes them money. They'll sell Venom for sure. Yeah. It's cool. Another rumored game that I know you bring up more than anyone um, is them vaulting Tron. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any like meat to this rumor? Is this stuff you hear? Are you just saying this for listens? Come on. What are we doing? Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, I mean, like I, I hear stuff and the, the whole thing with vaults, I, I think what happened is the, the COVID backlog and the supply chain, I think Stern, when they moved to their new facility, I think we we're going to start to see a few vaults again. And I think Tron is on that list. I think Ghostbusters is on that list. Uh, I would love Lord of the Rings to be revisited somehow, you know, without pixelated artwork and... I mean, it's all right there, right, Jason? I mean, just I just just make it and they will come. Um, but also Stern's got how many designers now? Four designers on staff, which means there's not even enough cornerstones a year for each designer to have a release. And the demand for Stern Pinball globally is is humongous. So they they can't even fulfill the orders they're getting. And so who knows, right? I mean, I think what's terrifying if I was competing with Stern is at any point they could vault one of 20 games and sell another three to 4,000 instantly if they just go back to their portfolio of classics that people love. I mean, who else can do that in pinball? There's more old Stern games that are good than old Bally Williams games I want to see remade. They could print money with Lord of the Rings, Tron, Metallica, Ghostbusters... Right? Am I yeah. missing any? Yeah. That's probably... Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Those are, those are the big ones. And like, if they actually close the flipper gap on Ghostbusters, 
because they they've actually when they redid the Spider-Man when they vaulted Spider-Man I think some people forget this they actually fixed some of the mechs and changed some of the engineering to make the gameplay better and they've openly admitted that the, it was a design in CAD when they designed Ghostbusters they made a mistake with the flipper gap they've they've it was not supposed to be that large and question becomes is what do you do if you do do that for the original owners who are going to complain that they have a game that, you know, is more difficult and not as much fun. But I don't think Stern really cares though. I mean, everyone's, you know, everyone who's got a game, they're not in it to, to preserve people's secondhand value. They're, they just want to make themselves money and, and get on to the next game. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a for-profit company. I support that. Well, Thanks for stopping by, talking balls, talking rumors. Yeah. Anything else on your mind this fine Sunday, Memorial Day no, weekend? No, I mean, look, I, I've waited four years to get onto the Pinball Network, and it's been fun. And this is what it's always about, Jason, just getting together. I think everybody's drama is, you know, blown out of proportions. And we're all good people who, who are in this hobby. We are. I mean, there's really very few jerks. And they don't last. They don't last very long in pinball. So, thank you for inviting me. Um, I um, I'm glad to uh, to join your show and and for some of the network listeners to hear Canada. And you know, if people want to join the Canada Club, it's really easy. Just Google Canada's Pinball Podcast, and uh, it's behind the paywall now that everyone's doing Patreon. It is funny to see everybody join the um, you know the the easiest way to, I think to show some financial support to all these content creators. But Jason, I do believe that. And you know, this takes a lot of time and effort and we do love doing it. And it is nice to see the support from the fans. So, um, you know, and Jason, I, I saw, I do, I, I do want to give you a little shit. I saw you hid how many Patreon subscribers yeah. you have. Unhide that shit. Don, nah. Don only has three, all right? Three. <laughs> so like- I'm. To your point earlier, I'm I'm I was gonna stop the Patreon, and I still might. I was serious when I'm like I'm gonna start kicking people off because then it's like I don't want to work for these people. I know it's well, yes. I don't want to like, yeah. I, truly, I'd rather make money from like ads and sponsorship than like have like oh people pay me and stuff like that. So I'm I'm I hit it. I stopped it. It's still there. A couple people have posted, but I, I don't know what I have. I have under twenty. It's yeah. not that many because I'm yeah. just like fuck it. I don't want to do this. Where it's like objectively, um. Does anyone put as much time and effort into audio production as me? No, but I mean, like, it's, I'm not trying to like win off of that shit. But then if I start like comparing my numbers to yours or other people, because I have, we all have competition in us, I'll start to like get down on myself, and I'll, I just, for me, I don't know what to do with it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's so much time, it's so much effort. And can I ask you one final question? Because I want to see what your opinion is on this. What do you think about my latest effort? to ask all these pinball companies to open up their doors on a random day and go live to show us their manufacturing, how many people are working there, how many games they can make a week and be more transparent. Because this is my new driving mission in this year is to keep these companies honest with us consumers, you know, what their manufacturing capabilities are, because that's the thing that is near and dear to me as I think about a, a positive thing I can bring out in this hobby is I do think it's positive when consumers, they just know like how many games can these companies make before they give these companies non-refundable deposits. And you shouldn't be hiding your manufacturing. Why is it a big secret? You know, all these, every time we see behind the doors, it's only helped these companies look good and gives a more, you know, sort of personal 
touch to the companies and 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 who we're supporting on the manufacturing level. Are you talking Stern and Jersey Jack as well, or more of the so Stern ones? does their Factory Fridays every Friday, right? I mean, no one's yeah. wondering whether or not Stern's making games, right? They're cranking yeah. out about six hundred a week. Um, Jersey Jack has shown us a little bit behind the scenes. I still think people are unclear how many games Jersey Jack can make a week or a month. I mean, yep. what? I mean, we could guess, right? Maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty a week around sure. there. Um, Spooky's been the most transparent since day one. They'll tell tell us right away, like we can make this many a week. If you're this number game, they make their games in numerical order. So I'm going after companies like Haggis, you know, and I'm going after companies that they won't say this stuff. Um, and I think if you're going to ask people for non-refundable deposits, the least you can do is be transparent about how many games a week you can make and how many people are, are just working there. Yeah. Do you, I, I don't follow them as much as others. Is that something that they're, what, are they over-promising, under-delivering? Yeah. Like they're, they, well, they, you know, when, they're, when you're telling people your game's going to arrive in eight weeks and it takes eight months, and then you're about to, they're about to announce another game. And mm. I'm, I'm not against any of that. It's just like, okay, but just let's not make this one big secret endeavor. And it's not just them. I mean, you know, for the longest time, I think, you know, a lot of people got burned in pinball or sent money in and then, you know, they just wait. I mean, look at American Pinball right now. I have friends who ordered Galactic Tank Force. They have no idea I, I, when they're getting their game. So then why are you taking orders? If, if, if ETA is so unclear, I don't think a pinball company should sell a product unless they really have a legitimate estimate on when you're going to get your game. Yeah. I don't disagree. Okay. I, All right. I just want to get, I want to get behind. What do you think my odds are of getting Damien to open the door at Haggis? He won't do it. He won't do it. I, what do you think? We do $500 to charity, a thousand? Oh, for him to do it? Well, how many fucks do I have to say? I, I don't guess, know. It's to, just, can um, you add a bunch of fucks to the end yeah, of this podcast? Just, yeah. No, just play that, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Just play that song for like 20 minutes. Oh, sure. I was actually working on that this morning. I'm uh, changing it to, well, surprise for another time. But yeah, right. I, uh, I will. I'll put... 30 to 40 fucks at the end of this episode. Right, good. And um, we'll, 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 we'll get someone to tally them all up and then I'll make the official offer again. But, <laughs> all right. Let me ask you one hard question. Yeah, yeah. Why do you care so much about number of listens, my Patreon, the, the, all that stuff? Why do you care? In, in our sort of space of, of creating content to attract listeners, the, the most easy way to just know how well you're doing is how many people are listening, right? And sure. no one's making anybody listen. So it's always been about that. Yeah, so my, yeah. my big thing has always been this. Since day one, I've always transparently let people know how many people listen to every episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And the the other podcasters out there and they're, you know, and you, and I'll just name names like Zach's sure. always like, yeah, numbers don't lie. Like we're number one, like cool. And I'm like, well, where are the numbers? Mm. And it's just, that's the thing is, is if you're going to make a statement that this, that we're the best because we have the most listeners, I'm I, like, I fully expect them to have the most listeners now for sure, because I'm behind the paywall, but you got to show the numbers. You know, if, if you were in high school, you're like, I got, I got the largest penis in high school. <laughs> it's like, well, show us. Nah, it's cool. Just take my word for it. Like, that's kind of. That's a dick measuring. I see. That's well, the answer. Well, all of this is just the, you know, <laughs> fighting for a, a mountain of dirt. I think, look, sure. ultimately, you know, I think 
Zach and I have always had the best two pinball podcasts out there. And I would just say by the numbers again, like, and, sure. and so that is why, you know, as much as we might argue and say some stuff or be, be passive aggressive, I'm always going to have respect for, for Zach and what he's created in his show, because I, I think he's a great pinball personality. And I think him and Greg hosted the best pinball award show. And since they haven't hosted it, it hasn't been as good. Do I want there to be two award shows? No. Do I think award shows are fun? They used to be. It used to be a lot of fun when we were doing those award shows at the beginning. It's turned into anything really but fun for a lot of the content creators. I still think the manufacturers and the designers, they still have a lot of fun with it. Um, but I can I can assure everybody that whether or not you know I have 600 listeners or 5,000 or this many Patreon subscribers, None of it really matters that much. It, it doesn't. The only reason I would harp on it is because I do think I get a lot of arrows from a lot of people. And I'm just like, well, if I'm that negative, horrible person that nobody listens to, then why do all these people listen to it? So, and I'm not making anybody listen to it, right? And and I think the Canada, or I'll speak about myself in the third person, which is always there weird. There you go. But I yeah. think... I think <laughs> I think what I talk about in pinball is good. And I think it balances out what we're getting from a lot of the other media, which are and the other media, a lot of them are friendlier with the company. So they're going to be a little bit softer in their takes on things. Some of them are making money for every game sold. So of course, they're going to be a little bit more positive about you know their inventory that they need to move. And I expect that. The only thing that I think is the biggest danger in everything we do, Jason, is there is a line though. So I expect, you know, if Zach's a distributor and he's making content, I expect him to sell me on the benefits of the game. Nobody made a better piece of content to help sell a game than his content and Greg's content around Pulp Fiction, right? He dropped that 20 minute, the making of Pulp Fiction and look what happened, right? Game like sold out. It was perfect. Yeah. But once you go from, and I expect the distributor to sell me on the product, but once you start reviewing something that you're also selling, that's the line where it gets a little bit foggy on whether or not you should be reviewing something. Because AMC does not review movies. They just want to get butts in seats, right? A Chevy car dealership doesn't review cars or give out car awards. So, because of course they would give them, they would give their cars the awards. Right. So, that's it. And look, I looked at all of the straight down the middle game reviews they've done like 45 46 not a single game ever got a c (laughs) you know so it's like there's some shit games out there and it's like i get it and look but we it's just pinball it doesn't matter and i and i appreciate everything that zach and greg have done for pinball content i appreciate what jack danger has done i appreciate what all the other podcasters do because think about it, the people that are having the biggest issues with it. It's not even us. It's like we have a lot of fans that can get, you know, get highly energized around this stuff. But ultimately, I respect anybody that takes their free time and makes pinball content when they don't have to, because we're the ones that make this hobby interesting week in and week out. The companies aren't doing that. They make yeah. a game, they make six games a year. There's only six days of real news a year, and the rest of us. The rest of it is dudes like us keeping people entertained to, to get to the next game. And, and so we're all, we all really are in the same boat. And you know, while we might squabble every once in a while, 
ultimately, when we see each other in person, I think everyone is is a good person. Most of us are family people. Most of us have, you know, most of us can bury the hatchet and just have a beer and talk about how shitty Galactic Tank Force is, right? I mean, that's yeah. really the common denominator <laughs> for all of it. I just love yeah. it. I'm just trying to trigger Franchi to come back out because he said he's never podcasting uh, again. If we just talk enough shit about Galactic Tank Force, he's gotta he's gotta resurface. It's bad game. It's a shit game. Um, <laughs> It's just bad. And I've played it enough to just say I fucking didn't like it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I feel bad for, you know, all that, that, that stuff with him. And I don't know him and I'm not going to, you know, it sucks. That's the hard part, I think, sometimes about being honest about these games is that, like, the creators have to have a harder uh, skin, thicker skin of this is not a knock against you. Shit. Well, like there's it's also like you got paid, bro. You got paid. Yeah, your job's you're, done. You're good. You're not making more money if they sell more. And if you sign that deal, I I would not have signed that deal for Galactic Tank Force. And it's not personal. But and the art on Galactic Tank Force is the best thing on it. Yeah, in my opinion, because I, I feel like Franchi is like, oh, cool, we're making a 1950s sci-fi game. I'm gonna crush it. And he, his art looks great. And then he's like, yeah. what the fuck is this dubstep? Why is this game got 1990s Wing Commander like full motion video acting going on? Like none, the game is so a a mashup of things that just don't go together. And the recent promo, what the fuck (laughs) was that? No comments, nothing. Once you turn comments off, I mean, come on. I mean, that's that's even worse than saying the numbers don't lie and then not sharing the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) The numbers don't lie. Mm, just share yeah. the numbers exactly the numbers are great that's the weird thing is his numbers are phenomenal and so were the numbers for you know who else did it was marty and ryan when they did head to head they had great numbers they were their numbers were higher than mine are you saying listens no, yeah they just list. share them share you know why they don't share them is you know i don't know every once in a while you're gonna have like uh, an off month or you might have certain shows might get more than others and it's fine yeah. like you know it's oh i've had some off shows oh boy <laughs> i've had 803 off shows but a couple are good mm. you know jason this <laughs> was such a pleasure man i really do appreciate the offer and um you know we'll have to do this again sometime and we'll get you on to canada's one day too you know sure well yeah next time you're having a few drinks remember that you don't talk shit about the pinball party i'll just i'll replay this for when you do <laughs> Like we're blood brothers. Don't you remember Chris Memorial Day yeah. weekend? Yeah. Awesome right, brother. Appreciate it, yeah. man. All the best. Thanks, man. We'll right. talk to you soon. Right, bye. bye. Thank you everyone for joining. Thanks, Canada, for stopping by. For Jason, this has been the Pinball Party Podcast, episode 31. The following is a song titled Highway by Neon Dale. We'll see you later. Highway drive.